Kia ora koutou and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Get Sexual. I am Alicia and I'm the host of this sexually explorative podcast. This week we have one hell of an incredible wahine. I mean, this woman is just amazing. She never ceases to astound me with her wisdom and her passion for life and you just get sucked into everything she says because she just says it with such explosivity like she's just one hell of a woman I'm yeah very very lucky to call her a friend so her name is Thorea we had quite a long conversation it went for over two hours and there was no way I wanted to cut that down I've decided to put it into two parts, so this is part one, and then the next one will be part two. And the reason I did that is because I talked to Thoraya about sexuality stories, and she just gave me so much, and a really cohesive and clear understanding of some of the key messages she learned as a child, which impacted her understanding of sexuality growing up. And it was just wrapped, wrapped up really neatly, I didn't want to cut anything out of that. And then we go into... The second part, which is more around how those further influenced her and just like general conversation around sexuality and where Thorea is at now and what she's had to go through. So it just worked out very well going into two parts. And I want you to get all of her goodness. I want you to be able to experience the rawness of her story. It's amazing. She talks about mental health. She talks about communication. She talks about vulnerability. There are so many nuggets in the journey that she shares on these episodes and they're really beautiful and I'm really grateful that she came on to share them. So as mentioned, this is part one. This is Thorea's sexuality story. I just thought I would note that this recording was done on Zoom. It was our first recording on Zoom and as such the quality of the recording is not as good as doing it all in person so you might notice some fluctuation in volume between voices at times or some background noise but I still think you know you get you get all the goodness and I've done my best to edit it so that it is still still able to be listened to you'll be fine we'll get there all together Okay, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know the feedback. I'm really interested in hearing anything you have to say. And Thorea, once again, thank you. I just want to quickly note some trigger warnings for this episode. We do discuss sexual harassment and assault as a youth, and also rape as mentioned. It's not rape that's happened to Thorea herself, but it's rape that happened to a stranger and the concept of rape. Just wanted to make that clear. Thank you so much for coming on this because as soon as as soon as Bree and I were talking about this podcast, it was instant like Thorea. <laughs> because who doesn't want to listen to you? To be <laughs> and yesterday Bree's like, well, maybe you should come up with a bit of a theme for what you want to talk about with Raya. And so I was writing down these questions that I wanted to ask you. There, is, there are no themes. Like, it's, I want, there are too many things that are going to come up. The theme is Thorea. A couple of years time, when, like, my kid wants a birthday party, I'm going to say, okay, the theme is me. <laughs> yes. It'll be the best birthday party ever, obviously. Of course. <laughs> are you doing Ramadan? 
I am, but I got my period on the second day, so I'm not fasting. (laughs) In some ways, do you like when it happens sometimes? Yeah, I do, but then it's too early for me to make the most of it. Yeah. Like I love when I get it halfway through because then I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit of a break. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Ramadan Mubarak, so that's that's pretty. It's um, at least we can eat a bit. That's actually that is fantastic because my first question for you is around food. I want to know if there is one food you think that embodies sex, what would it be? And oh, what? How did you come up with this question? Did you Google it? (laughs) I was just like, we all love food and we love sex, so mm." (laughs) oh. The first thing that came to my head is um, chocolate-covered strawberries. But I think that's just, it's because of the cliche. Have you watched um, Atypical? Yes, but only the first season. Okay, I can't remember if it happened in the first or second season. In one of the episodes in Atypical, I can't remember the main character's name, but his therapist, she finds a chocolate-covered strawberry under the couch. And she assumed, yeah, and she assumes that her partner is cheating on her. Mm. She doesn't know how it got there, and he it, he didn't put it under the couch. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Why do you think I'm cheating on you?" And she's like, "Because a chocolate covered strawberry is a sexual food." It's actually crazy, right? That we look at yeah. one food and we're like, "They're cheating on us." Not hey, he might have had a craving for chocolate covered strawberries. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. And one rolled under. Well, first of all, if one rolled under, you would pick that shit up because you do not wait. You would. Also, it was white carpet and there were ants and strawberry, like, <laughs> so red, chocolate on top of that. I would have been mad at that. I, mean, like, I don't care if you're cheating on me. Clean up after yourself. <laughs> get that stain remover and get on your hands and knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So that's like the first thing that comes into my head because of, I mean, I guess everything's a stereotype. Like, that's why you think of it first, right? But then well, now I've got honey. Ooh. In my head, or like whipped cream. I think what I'm thinking of is like with honey, like, you know how it's droopy and you can kind of, I mean, this is a podcast, so no one can see what I'm doing. But like <laughs> lick your finger or, you know, kind of be sensual with that. I can't imagine doing that with like mashed potatoes or, or beans, you know, just like fart a little bit after. <laughs> I guess you can make anything sexy, right? But like to say a sexy food specifically. On my boobs. No, but (laughs) it's always sweet stuff. Yes, true. This Mm. is true. Mm. Like how often do we have savoury things that we like? You know what I think it might be? Like, you know, in movies you go out to dinner. Well, when it's like a romantic movie and they decide to have sex after, usually like dates a dinner, right? You go out to dinner, you've had a lot of savory stuff and then you go back and it's like, oh, do you want dessert? So then <laughs> you already had like a savory dinner. So now you're going to bring out the whipped cream and chocolate. <laughs> you're like I am the dessert. Mm. Yeah, there you go. And also accessibility. Like what do you have that's savory yeah. that you can pour essentially, right? That's the motion Honey, whipped cream, yeah, that, chocolate like, sauce. Sensuality of mm. these like sweet, mm. it's like syrups. And, and maybe because when you go, sorry, I'm interrupting you, no, but no. this just pops into my head. Like with oral, right? If I'm going, if I'm going to think what's, if, is someone's genitalia sweet or salty? I'm going to say salty. 
So if you've got like a savory food and then you end up going down on someone, it's like, whoa, too much salt, yo. Give me that. <laughs> it's like a meat pie and then like a yeah. Yeah. And now you've got a sweet and salty mix, you know, it's like sweet and salty popcorn. I mean, you've got salt. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Mixing. You're making your personal sweet and salty popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess chocolate covered strawberries and honey. Mm, I hate honey, but I can get behind it being a sexy food. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I love that. I knew you'd have great answers to that. Yeah. <laughs> One thing we thought would be interesting. The first episode, Brie and I were talking about our sexuality stories. And so we thought it'd be a really good way to start this episode as well, because it's kind of a foundation for everybody. Do you know what it is? No, I haven't. It's basically the collective beliefs and messages and behaviors you pick up in your formative years about sexuality so you might learn them from school or your primary caregivers or other family members but basically it starts in those formative years and it creates a foundation for future um, behaviors and beliefs so this could be anything about relationships sex intimacy connection sexual orientation mm-hmm. and yeah so we want to get to know a little bit about your okay when you say formative years what, what is there a time yeah. span it's kind of probably something to be t- determined by you. And okay. Particularly because everybody started learning about sexuality from different ages. We mm-hmm. approached the childhood part of it from zero to 12 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Although the okay. really formative years I see is zero to five. And, but, mm-hmm. but not everybody remembers or has experiences from those age. For me, my experience with sexuality before the age was masturbation. Mm. So I had it. So that's why we keep it open, like zero to 12. You're kind of finding out a lot, exploring a lot. So yeah. But things come up in your teens as well. Like we talked, we talked about mm. our teenage years and how this early stuff affected that and then goes into your mm. 20s. And who fucking knows what we're going to be in our 30s? Sexually liberated beings. Woo! <laughs> Already here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Already there. I love it. Can you kind of talk about some of that stuff? 1,000 million trillion percent. I want to say it started at seven, and yeah. I have a story behind it. Mm-hmm. But when you mentioned zero to five, and I had that shock face, I was like, what the fuck? But in reality, actually, I would have been in the age bracket as well. I think I would have been four. Mm. Or maybe five. And... So my clit is quite predominant. So when I was younger, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that it felt good mm. or it felt kind of like tingly and funny. I was like, hmm, interesting. What's this? And I have this clear memory. I was like, it was at night when I'd be in bed, be like, Hee-hee. but I have this memory where, and I thought it was just me. Mm. and I thought it was like this really cool thing and I felt so special I was like holy shit I'm the only one that has this this is so cool like no one else has this toy and it felt so good and I was I remember we were in the living room with my family so at the time my grandparents lived with us um I think my brother was born but he was an infant and then mum and dad mum wasn't in the room with us and I was lying on the couch we were watching tv and I just started I guess touching myself, but over my clothes. And I was just like, I, it's funny because I'm pausing before saying touching myself because nowadays I feel like we have this expectation that when you touch yourself, it's only sexual. You want to do it because you want to get off. Yeah. I was 
however young I was, I didn't know any of that stuff. I wasn't doing it because I wanted to come. I wasn't doing it because I felt sexy. I was just doing it because I was like, what is this thing? Yes. It's ticklish. Mm. Yeah. So I was just playing along and no one said anything because I remember being like, I wonder if people can tell. I was lying on my stomach and no one could. So I was like, this is so fun. And then my mum walked past the living room and like behind me and she goes, Daria. And I was like, yes. And she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. Cause no one had said anything. And I was like, I don't know. You know, when you're like young, you think if you close your eyes, they can't see you cause you can't see them. I guess that was my thinking back then. And I was like, nothing. She was like, why are your hands there? And I was like, mm. <laughs> she was like, stop. And she looked really disappointed in me. Mm. And she was like, no. And so I was like, okay, this is something that I'm not allowed to do. Yeah. I didn't know why. And I was like, okay. And I stopped. And it wasn't until I got older. And this memory has kind of come in every now and then. And it's obviously very like, given what we're talking about, popped into my head. Because yeah, I. I guess I, I was masturbating when I was quite young and I've always been ashamed about that because, again, we have this um, understanding or this belief that when you masturbate, it's because you want to come um, and it's only sexual. Mm-hmm. And I've been ashamed because I was so young. So I'm like, what the fuck? Have I been a perv ever since I – not that I'm a perv now, but have I was I a perv when I was mm-hmm. that little? And it's like, no, I wasn't. It was honestly just like this thing that I'm touching is causing some sort of sensation. It's kind of like a tickle, but I can actually handle it because I hate being tickled, you know? So that's my first memory of it. And it got stopped. It was like, no. So what feelings do you associate with that memory now? Um, shame. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so embarrassed that at such a young age, I was exploring things like that. But then in reality, so it's like my logical self and then my actual self. Mm. So the shame comes from my logical, oh, sorry, from my actual self. Mm. But when I think about it logically, I'm like, everyone explores their own body. Exactly. Like even running your hair through, running your hands through your hair, that's exploring it. Little kids when they're sucking on their thumbs or, you know, like those cute baby videos where they bring their hand in front of their face and they're so surprised. They're like, what is this? That's exploring your own body. But it's just that we associate such such a sexual storyline with it. Mm. And like an adult sexual storyline. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like the adult's. Mm. that's their storyline yeah. that they're putting it with so yeah I, I associate shame with it so that's like the very very first memory I have of it mm-hmm. um and also I used to do it all the time yeah and so I'm really ashamed because not only is it the, the fact that I'm young but the shame also comes from nowadays even at the age we're at so we're all in our mid-20s there's so much shame around masturbating and yes. doing it frequently So even for the acceptance of oh yeah I touch myself like who doesn't it's like yeah this is so normal but if someone's like yeah I do it three times a day I do it every single day or multiple times a week it's like whoa what you do it so often and there's so much shame put on people for doing that it's like get off my back just because you don't want to like 
touch yourself all the time doesn't mean that it's not normal, you know? So like that shame is there, I think, for a lot of people our age and older. Um, and so I'm putting that expectation on me when I was younger. So I'm like, if I touch myself a lot now, I, I should be ashamed. So the fact that I did it a lot when I was younger as well, I should be ashamed for that. But at the time I wasn't ashamed because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I was basically the same age as you when I, somewhere around three or four. And I just remember the good feeling about it. I remember just, it was interesting. You know, you use different things like pillows or your hands or whatever. And yeah, it's like letter, letter, like learnings Mm -hmm. overlay it and make you feel that shame and that guilt that makes me so sad. Like I wish I could remember the memory for what it was and not for all yeah. the stuff that I've put onto it from what I've learned now. Cause how do you uh, think that affected you later? Like, did you carry that through your teens as well? That, that shame? Um, okay. I, let me carry on with the, these stories cause they all connect. All right, great. Um, I didn't have that shame because I wasn't doing anything. So the shame was preventing me. So that's my first memory. The one after that, so w- when I knew what sex was, I, I was seven years old and we had family friends over and me and their daughter were just hanging out. Um, and she was, I think, two years older than me. Uh, and we were just playing w- whatever game. And then she goes, do you know what sex is? And I was like, No. And she was like, do you want to know what sex is? And I was like, yes, because I say yes to everything. And like, <laughs> even now you two know I me, mean, like, I'm so curious. I was like, yeah, what is it? And she was like, it's when a guy and a girl. So as an aside, again, the fact that it's a heterosexual thing, yes. very, I, I don't know if dangerous is the right word, but that's an issue in itself. She said, it's when a guy and a girl get naked and they wrap their legs around each other or they put their legs in between one another. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, yeah. And I think that's it. I don't think she said that a baby comes from it or something. It's just like a guy and a girl. So the fact that it wasn't a married couple was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, what the? <laughs> Hmm, interesting. And then my mom and I were going on a walk, I think like a week after that. And I go, hey, Ma, what's sex? And she was like, where did you hear this from? And I told her the story I just told you. And she said, I will tell you what it is if you promise to be an adult about it. And I was like, yeah, I promise. And she was like, okay, sex is when um, a husband and a wife so this is where the, not only is it a heterosexual relationship, but it's also something that's marital. Yeah. Marital. I was going to say biblically, biblically <laughs> appropriate. Um, Probably true as well. <laughs> like that is a message out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was definitely the thing for my case. Cause I'm Muslim. So have to be man and woman and have to be married um, when they want a baby they have they do it but sometimes oh actually I think it was only for baby making I don't think it was a pleasure thing yeah back then and I was like oh okay and I said that she said that you get naked and she was like yeah you do excuse me and she was I was like huh okay so and that's the story of how I learned what sex was 
And I was like, okay, cool. Like now I know what it is. Um, so that was at the age of seven. At the age of like nine or ten, a bunch of kids in my primary school kind of knew what it was yeah. because they had older siblings. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like cringing at this fucking story I'm about to tell because it's absolutely disgusting. So like trigger warning. Yeah. Um, do you remember? I think it was Dolly, the magazines. Yeah. You know how they, there was Girlfriend Dolly. I can't remember what they are. Oh, Cream. Cosmopolitan as well. Yeah. But like Dolly, Cream and Girlfriend mm. were kind of advertised to the younger age bracket. Right. And... Dolly, I remember, was advertised for the pre or not pre. It was it was teens. Mm. So I was ten at the time. It was like, oh, what's that? And I was allowed to buy it. Um, and they had a sealed section about sex. Do you remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. I loved those sealed sections. <laughs> I I opened it up and I I just thought it was cool because there was a section that was sealed. Like I thought it was such a cool gimmick. I don't know what it actually was. And then I read the, t- the title of it. And my cousin was with me. That's why I was allowed the magazine right. and she was older than me and she read it. Well, not that I couldn't read. I just didn't really associate what it was. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's about sex. Um, and that's why they seal it because like, it's only for like, we're, we shouldn't be reading this stuff. And I got the magazine and I went to my mom and I said, mom, look at this. It's a sealed section. Can I still read it? And she said, yeah, but she ripped the sealed section out. So I didn't know what that was. Right. At school, they had the same magazine. Someone brought it and they opened up the sealed section. And it was such a like, oh, what treasures will come out of this? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and there were stories in it. And one of the stories mentioned rape. Oh, well. And honestly, like in hindsight, the fact that there was a story about rape in a magazine like that for kids just astounds me because it it wouldn't have been done in a like tasteful manner as well. And we read it and all the kids were like, I don't know, talking about what it was. And I didn't know what rape was. Mm. And I said, what's rape? And this boy who was a year younger than me was like, do you not know what it is? And I was like, no, I don't. What is it? And he was like, okay. And we were sitting like outside the classroom and there were poles that were like holding up the sunshade. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it's when a guy um, jumps on a girl. And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, like imagine that pole's a girl. And he took a couple of steps back and he sprinted the pole, jumped on it, and, like, swung himself around. He was like, like that, and it's really rough. And I was like, oh. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm rather horrified by that description oh of hers, God. that that's right. But also, I'm just imagining what that looked like for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so confused. And I was like, okay. And I, I came home and I asked my mom, I said, what's rape? Mm-hmm. And she said, Again, like, why are you asking? Where did you hear this? And I told her, and she was like, it's not a good thing. Mm. I don't even, it was not explained to me at all. Mm. Um, And I could tell from her reaction and from his explanation that it was something not that cool. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that it wasn't 
it was something that was non-consensual. I just, it was like rough almost. Um, yeah, so that's the other story. And then I got into intermediate and, and then so around that age as well, <clears throat> a lot of sexual assault uh, was happening at my school. When I say sexual assault, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like we were, the girls were getting groped by boys in our year level. That's assault, correct? Or is it harassment? Mm-hmm. I can imagine there was harassment as well. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that physical barrier. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that was happening as well. And I was getting really frustrating at the time because obviously I wasn't consenting. And I, like it was just fucking annoying. Like, keep your hands to yourself. Mm. Um, and so then at that time, and then also we had puberty talks where they explained what a period was to us. Again, nothing about sex. But there was all this, like, puberty became a thing. Mm. And so I've mentioned how when I was four or five or whatever, uh, I, th- that look on my mother's face, what are you doing? Stop doing that. Yeah. Um, the explanation of sex, like it's um, a man and a woman mm-hmm. married that want babies and the explanation of rape, I guess, was all happening. And and the common factor in all of those is confusion. Yeah. But also shame. Mm. Like, what? What is this? Yeah. And when I got into intermediate, so at the age of 11, there's like a lot of trigger warnings in what I'm about to say. Um, When I was 11, so that was year seven, uh, my intermediate was not that far away, kind of across the road and then some from a park, a local park that was not, you can't see it from the street. It's quite hidden. Mm. A girl got raped there during school hours. She was a couple of years older than me. And she had run through our school field to get away. I don't know where. Bleeding underneath. I didn't see any of this happen, but the school let all of us students know, for those of us who did see. And so then all of a sudden rape became a thing in my life that I knew what it was and fuck it was terrifying until this day like I'm 26 now I still second guess myself before walking through that park I won't walk through it by myself um yeah fuck it's just terrifying and so now and so then at that time consent became a storyline that I had to now think about and there I just remember there were more stories in the media around abuse and stuff maybe I just became so aware of it so it happened obviously at school they sat down and discussed it did they actually discuss consent at all did they discuss no it was so um a couple of days ago this is what happened if you saw anything come to us and let us know Right. Um, you should not be walking through this park by yourself, especially girls. Once, like the onus is being put yeah. on girls and women. Yeah. Only walk through that park if you're with someone in a group. If it's only with other girls, do not walk through that park. Yeah. It, it makes me so infuriated. Yeah. And the year after that, because you can, 
to get to my house, I, I can walk through that park. Like it's it's not really a short. Oh no, it is a shortcut. But like, and I, my parents told me, do not whatever you do walk through that park. And I remember in year eight. I was walking with a bunch of my friends after school. They were all boys and they were going to go through the park. And I was like, no, I really don't want to. And they were like, why? Is it because of what happened last year? And I said, yes. They're like, it's okay. You're with us. Like, we'll protect you. I just remember being like, no offense, but y'all can't do shit. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? And I was like, no, I'm okay. And I like just walked home by myself the other way on the main street. Um, but yeah, consent became such a thing. And then I went into high school and um, in high school health class, I went to an all girls high school. They talked a lot about consent, a lot, a lot about consent from the age of 13. And I was forming my own ideas about it. And I was like, fuck if anyone tries to put their hand on me without me saying yes. Like, are you kidding me? And then we would, I would hear like, snippets of what people say you know how like no one will say oh I don't think um oh how do I put this no one's gonna say oh well not no one but I'm rambling for example let me say uh oh look at what that girl's wearing she needs to be careful I have not said she is asking for it downright right like I those words have not come out of my mouth but the implication is she needs to monitor what she's wearing where she is going what time of day for that outfit because if something happens to her she has essentially brought it on herself Mm -hmm. right so that's the implication. And when you, and I get really frustrated when I have these conversations with people and I'm like, so you're saying it's the girl fo- girl's fault. And they're like, no, I didn't say that. It's like, those words don't have to come out of your mouth. Like no one, it's like with racism, right? No one's going to be like, I'm a racist. They're going to say, oh, look at that terrorist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what? You're a racist? No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I know. It, it, people expect it to be explicit. Yeah. 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 So around this time, like I said before, it was in the media a lot more. And my parents, I would watch the news with them and they would make comments like, oh, they were probably drinking. Oh, she was probably, yeah, she was drunk. What did she expect? Oh, it was a party. This is why you don't go out to parties. And at this time, like, um, so I'm Iraqi as well, like Arab, uh, culture major culture difference between kiwi culture and arab culture yeah. uh, so like i was never allowed to go to parties not and it's funny because my personality i'm quite an introvert i don't like going to parties yeah. but the fact that i know i'm not allowed to just really <laughs> 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 this is yeah. <laughs> um i yeah and so i wasn't allowed to go to parties and then it would be like see three this is why we mm. won't let you go and then it almost it was honestly a fair thing. Like I was fucking terrified of going out. Not only did I have nine eleven, but I also had these stories of girls getting raped if they were out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm staying home. Like, no way. I'm not gonna get racially abused. I'm not gonna get sexually assaulted. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay home. And I remember I was grocery shopping with my mum and we were in line. It was around 
Christmas time. And that's relevant because my mum made a comment about, oh, yeah, around this time of year, they're always drunk. So, like, that guy was probably drunk. So we were in line. Ahead of us, there was this older guy. And I didn't see any of this. I was just hearing it through her. I was off with the fairies. There was an older guy in front of us with a trolley. And then in front of him was a young couple, like, Mm -hmm. late teenage years. And it was a heterosexual couple. The girl was wearing a mini skirt, Mm -hmm. as was the fashion back in the day. (laughs) And the guy behind them, so the, the, the older guy right in front of us, was with his trolley inching closer and closer to the girl. Again, I didn't see any of this. Mum was like, fuck, it was so creepy. Like, he was trying to get close to her physically to, I don't know, what. Um, and I was like, oh, what, what a creep. And she was like, yeah, but why is she wearing that? Like, Yeah. And it was why she, she shouldn't be wearing something like that, especially around this time of year where everyone's drunk. Right. And this older guy in front of us, I wouldn't be, you know, like... So that was for, and I, that was again forming my opinions because when, not even when you're young, like even now, everyone gets their ideas from somewhere. You have to be super self reflective to realize, hey, no, let me not believe this. Let me think about it. Even the most self reflective people get their ideas from somewhere else. You cannot be self reflective 100% of the time. Yeah. And then, I was in, I think it was my final year of high school. And so I had been hearing a lot of these, why did she do this? Why did she wear that? Why did she go out? What, like, her, her, her. And I was in, um, my, it was English, like, it was extra classes. Um, and the English teacher I was very close to. And we would just talk about absolutely everything. She's so freaking cool. There must have been another story circulating around rape or non-con, like someone being assaulted or whatever, either in the media or within the school. And I said what I had been hearing. I said, yeah, but what, did she, what was she wearing? And the teacher looked at me and I love her for this I have so much respect for her because she opened my eyes Mm. and she said why does that matter and I couldn't answer it because I had never questioned it or like if I did question it I was never given an answer it was shut up you're young like don't question us and she said a girl can be naked walking down the street and should not be sexually assaulted should not be touched if she does not want it and I said really like that's a bit much and she was like no and she was so firm and because I looked up to this teacher so much and she was such a role model of mine I was so ashamed that I had this view that was different to hers which isn't bad to have differing views but what made me so ashamed was the fact that I had this view that was different to hers that I could not justify And when I thought about it for a split second, when she said, why does that matter? I couldn't think of any reasons. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, why do I think this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Does that answer your story? <laughs> <You're crazy. laughs> I was oh. like, Jesus, keep uh, going. Yeah. <laughs> we learned so little about sex, sexuality. Mm-hmm. 
So, of course, we grabbed onto every little thing yeah. that was told to us. Yeah. All of these shame principles. We, we were just trying to absorb as much as we could about the situation. We yeah. all had <laughs> these sexual urges, these sexual feelings. We knew so little. And we're trying to navigate this really complicated situation. And we're only told these very, very simple, unjustified mm-hmm. stories. And... We do it if, if we don't have enough information and research at our fingertips about it, how else would we supposed to think? Mm. Because yeah. nobody's ever given us an alternative. So that's, that's when your teacher came in and she stepped in and gave you a different thought. And yeah. you're like, wow, nobody's ever brought that to my attention because society didn't, right? Society yeah. basically agreed with everything you'd heard. And what's really sad about all the stories you've talked about uh, that they are based on confusion. They're mm-hmm. based on simplistic, negative mm. huge things of sex. And how yeah. do you think that affected you growing up, realizing you were a sexual creature and wanting to explore your sexuality? That's why I put my headscarf on. Yeah. Because I was like, I am not your toy. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm not here for you. So I was like, I'm going to cover up. Yeah. Did you feel like obviously these things were saying that they're entitled to your body? thousand percent. Yeah. So I put my headscarf on at the age of nine. And around that time, that is when the assault was happening with the the school boys in my class where they were grabbing our boobs. They were grabbing our butts. Like I have had my boobs at that age. So the fact that I'm even calling them boobs, like what were they? Yeah, I know. But that region yeah. um, groped. I had had my butt squeezed constantly. Mm-hmm. And it was getting to the point where they were, they would be like, slice and put their hand, how do I explain this? Um, like, what would, so not flat, turn it. Yeah. Cool. And then they will go up your butt cheek. Issue with that was, well, I mean, it's an issue in itself. But yeah. what was getting really, and I was genuinely like, at first I was like, they're just being stupid, but I don't like this, so fuck off. But then it was getting to the point where I was like, I'm, I don't feel safe. Because they were, what they would do was, at first it was just your butt cheek. And then their hand would go lower and lower. Mm. So, and like, boys at that age don't know anatomy of the female body. But that's where my vagina is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch that area. I don't, I, at that age, I wasn't even touching that area. Like, yeah. exactly. you know? And so what's interesting when you ask the question of like, what was it? My sensual, my sexuality story. That's the one. It, it also switched so quickly. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've talked about the stories up until the age of like high school, right? Yeah. Even in high school, my friends were, exploring their bodies they had boyfriends they had one night stands like they were sexually active I wasn't I never um had a desire to not because um I identify as asexual but because for me in the household I grew up in in one of the communities that I grew up in that was something that you do when you're married yes with a partner I didn't have a boyfriend at the time I didn't want one I didn't give a fuck about it Mm. up until recently I I haven't given a shit about relationships mm. you know so I was very much like it wasn't something that I was like oh I really want to do that because I did not care for romance I did not care for relationships mm. 
I was like, I'm here to make change. I'm here to get into law school. I'm here to bust my ass and like do what needs to be done to make this world a better place. I do not give a fuck about a guy looking at me and calling me pretty. I own a mirror. I know I am. Walk along. (laughs) But also I mentioned there was shame, right? So like when I was young, what are you doing? Why are you wearing that? I also wore a headscarf at like in hindsight, a young age. Um, And so with wearing a headscarf, it's modest clothing. Mm. Um, People will have different definitions of what that means. For me, the way I'm going to explain it right now is just a very formulaic, you cover your arms and your legs, right? So everything's covered. So when I first put the headscarf on, I started having to wear long sleeves, everything. Mm. And the only other hijabis, so hijabi is a term I use for women, women or people who wear headscarves. They are a hijabi, so I'm a hijabi. I would hear them talking about, oh, no, like, this is so revealing. But they were a lot older than me. Yeah. So I remember I would wear cotton shirts because, frick, is it hot? And then I also run hot naturally. So I would wear cotton shirts. And as we know, cotton is a very thin material. Sometimes it can be see-through because of how thin it is, also depending on the color. At the age of, like, 11, I think it must have been, I was wearing bras by then. I put on this cotton top when I was going out somewhere with my mum and I could see my bra strap and I was like oh no I can't and I was like what's wrong and I was like I'm I, I'm a hijabi I can't it's not modest enough and she was like three you're young yeah. and also who cares if they can see you have a bra strap you wear a bra it's not a big deal and I was so embarrassed because n- not many other people my age were wearing bras so like there was an element of that but from then on so from like the age of 13 onwards my mum the way she was speaking to me was just a flipped. And it was honestly like a switch. It was like, what are you doing? Don't do that. To all of a sudden her encouraging me, being like, no, you're a woman. You can do this. Who cares if you wear a bra? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and kind of giving me permission almost (laughs) or holding the space for me to be more sensual. Mm. and I was so against it because I was such a tomboy I was like what are you doing like this is so weird um and I was just so against it because I like I said it was a switch it's like you can't just expect me to be like yes (laughs) (laughs) I accept this yeah and like I at that age just was not a person like I said that kid I was such a tomboy like I've I also there were there were also like other issues, but like I didn't feel like I was very pretty, so I didn't want to draw attention to myself, all that sort of stuff. So that's my like adolescent uh, story. I guess when I now, I don't know if it's funny for you to to hear these stories of me because I'm like the complete opposite now. So that is part one wrapped up. As you can tell, we're going to go on to part two of the Ray's story. I thought this was a good place to finish because she talks about how much she's changed since those earlier years to who she's become in the last five years. And it's really exciting. So make sure you tune in to part two of the Ray's story. All right, guys. See ya.